You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. But you know, back a long time ago, Israel was redeemed from Babylonian captivity. And they were worshiping and they were praising God because of his work on their behalf. But that was 2,700 years ago. And when we read the Old Testament, sometimes we ask the question, what does that matter? What does that have to do with me? Well, it matters because God is still redeeming. God is at work. And while the world suffers and groans because of its fall into sin, the Redeemer is here. and He will make things right. So be encouraged. Your rescuer is at work. He never sleeps. And the bottom line is that your Redeemer lives. Now, this is the last in our series that we've been in called Who is God? And it's been amazing. And I've learned so much. And my faith has been deepened. And I've learned to love God even more. And here is what we're going to go to. We're going to be into a two-week series in Illuminate. Remember Illuminate? Illuminate is our building restoration campaign. It's our growth of the general fund so the church can do more ministry. We're going to celebrate. We're going to learn about financial stewardship. And next week, we're going to talk about Jesus' words in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then the next week in Mark 12, we're going to take a look at that amazing widow who gave everything she had. And Jesus loved that because her heart was right. But in Who is God, where we'll finish this evening, or our time together, we've learned this. We've learned that God is unchangeable, that He is faithful, that He is eternal and holy, that God is everywhere, He's all-knowing, He's self-sufficient, sovereign, merciful. And then last week, we dealt with that difficult doctrine of the Trinity, and we learned that God is three in one, three individuals all fully God, all equal in essence. And that means that God is unlike any other being in the universe. But now, God is your Redeemer. He lives. And that's good news. And so I want you to turn with me to a verse that really stands out, and that is Isaiah 47, 4. So if you have a Bible, if you have a phone, if you have a tablet nearby, you can just follow along with me. And this verse records the response of Israel regarding the defeat of Babylon. They realized that their release from captivity was all about God's work. It fell on Him, and they were deeply appreciative, and they worshipped. And so here is this verse, Isaiah 47, 4. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is His name, is the Holy One of Israel. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, is His name, the Holy One of Israel. Now this is a short and sweet reminder regarding this final attribute of God that we're studying together. He is Redeemer. He lives. And the first aspect of this truth I want to touch on during our time together is this. Your Redeemer brings deliverance from your enemies. 
Your Redeemer brings deliverance from your enemies. And the phrasing of this verse is beautiful. It's part of a song. It's part of a song of victory, a song of triumph over Babylon. And notice that God is the sole Redeemer of Israel. The title, the Holy One of Israel, is a favorite of Isaiah. Rarely used by other biblical authors, but Isaiah loved that phrase, the Holy One of Israel. But the key word here is Redeemer. The term in the Hebrew Bible or in the rabbinical literature, Jewish tradition, refers to a person who as the nearest relative in that time was charged with the duty of restoring rights or avenging wrongs. And so the Lord would avenge Israel and he will deliver you. He is fighting for you. He'll deliver you from sin and he will deliver you from your enemies. And so what enemies are taking aim at you right now? What enemies are you fighting with? Are you waging war against temptation to revert to your old way of life? Or maybe it's fear. Is it fear of getting sick? Is it fear of sending your kids to school? Fear that your relationships are coming apart? Or maybe it's this enemy of loneliness that is so prevalent today as we're isolated and we're doing all of this social distancing. It could be an enemy of anger. Anger toward others. Anger toward those who are hurting you. Anger toward those who are in another political party or believe in another theological stance. Maybe your enemy is as simple as, I feel like I've missed out on life. I've, the best is behind me. But you know that's not true. And then there's this constant enemy that's always coming after me, and it's this. A temptation, although I'm following my civic leaders, to get cynical and bitter because I don't like doing what I'm told. But all of these enemies are coming after you. And whatever enemy you're fighting against, the Lord is fighting for you because he is redeemer and your redeemer lives. Here's a couple of promises I want you to hang on to. First in the book of Jeremiah 15, 21. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. That's a promise. And then in Psalm 137 and 8, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And you can just insert your name right there. And he will redeem you. He will redeem you. And I love that, with plentiful redemption. And and your enemies might win temporary battles. And they might make life difficult, just like Satan did in the garden. He won that temporary battle with Adam and Eve. But you will not be overcome because your Redeemer lives. 
And when it comes to the power of darkness, when it comes to the enemy, there is no problem there because your Redeemer is at work and he will take you and he will breathe life into you. And here's the next point I want to get to, and that is this. Your Redeemer can deliver you from the ravages of sin. So on one hand, we have these enemies coming after us, both in human form and and in spiritual form, but we all are grappling still with sin. And so he will deliver you from the ravages of sin. Because the gospel is all about redemption. Christ is the redeemer. The the Father sought to redeem mankind, to redeem you from sin. And so he sent his only son into the world to die in your place, to give you hope. In Colossians 1, 13 and 14, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The idea of Christ coming to redeem his people is clearly laid out by Paul in the book of Romans. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through what? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So your Redeemer is at work and you can rest assured that he lives and he is in the process of redeeming even the most vile evil that surrounds you. Because that's what he does. You have nothing to fear. And really the pressure's off because you don't have to play the part of a judge. Because that's his job. That's God's job. And he will righteously judge sin. We see in Psalm 9, 7 and 8. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. So even when it seems that evil is winning, even when it seems that evil is going unchecked, God will judge righteously. Because the way this works is redemption can really only be done when justice is done. And true justice only happens when a penalty's been paid, when there has been a wrong atoned for. And thankfully, Jesus took it upon himself when he died on the cross to make what we call a substitutionary atonement for sin, simply meaning that he substituted for you and for me He took our place on the cross. And so we can be redeemed when we follow him. And he can judge righteously. And that's really important. Sadly, I read a statistic this past week that said 50% of people who claim to be Christians believe that their good work will have some part in them getting to heaven. And I thought to myself, I wanted to scream. No, it's not biblical. It's not about your work. It's not about my work. You see, the Bible's very clear that we, without Christ, were spiritually dead. We, we, we were 
dead. We were without breath. And it's only when the Father in his deep love for us came and breathed life into us that we can even approach him. So this is all about the Father's work. We were sinners from birth. And so our Redeemer saved us. And he's given life to us through Christ. And that's what redeeming is all about. And so you're not going to be judged on your own works. That that wouldn't work. You you had no works to begin with. You will be judged on Christ's righteousness. Which seems almost too good to be true. But when you put your faith in Jesus, then you put on his righteousness. And when you are judged on the last day, that's how you'll be judged. And so that's why the work of the Redeemer is so vital and and so important and so amazing because he's right now saving you. And so no sin can stand in the way and no sin can stand in the way of forgiveness when it comes to our Redeemer. We live with this thought, I think, sometimes that there are certain sins that God may not be able to forgive and then we carry around shame and we carry around guilt and maybe for you it's past sexual immorality. Maybe it's lies. Maybe it's gossip or maybe you just hurt people in your past or maybe there's sins that you don't even know about but the truth of the matter is they can all be forgiven because your Redeemer lives and that's amazing. And that's hopeful. I want you to be encouraged by that. He is more powerful than your enemies. He will judge righteously. And you will waltz into heaven if you're a follower of Christ because you wear the righteousness of Christ. That's what the Redeemer does. And then, this is such a hopeful part of the equation. The Lord will finally redeem creation at his second coming. And I find tremendous hope in this. Redemption is ongoing. It's not a a one-time event in the past. And one day, all creation will be redeemed from the fall. It wasn't just mankind that fell into sin. The Bible says that all creation fell as well. And so, creation groans Creation is eager for the Lord's return. And so one day, even though the world is just nuts, one day everything will be put in its proper place. Evil will be judged. Righteousness will be honored. And that's in the new heaven and the new earth. Here's what Romans 8, 19 through 23 says about this. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. 
And so Paul was really tuned into this idea that the hope for him, that the hope for you and for me, is that time when Jesus returns and creates something new. And so no matter, no matter how difficult things are right now, and they may be very hard, because life is just plain difficult right now. We eagerly await this time when Jesus comes back, when the Redeemer reigns, and everything will change, and we'll be living in a new heaven and a new earth. The truth that your Redeemer lives is all about hope. It's about hope for the future, but it's also about hope now. Yes, we're looking forward to that time. We're, we're looking forward to that time when everything is put back where it belongs, but there's also hope now, hope for our kids and, and hope for our marriages and our friendships. There's hope for finances. There's hope for the future of our country. There's hope for our health as we wait for this pandemic to pass. There's tremendous hope now, and that's exciting. But there's only hope because your Redeemer lives. Your Redeemer lives to defeat your enemies. He lives to deliver you from sin. And He lives to secure your redemption now and in the future. And that's something that we can all be excited about, even on dark days, even when we think we can't take another step. Even when the world is crushing us, there's hope there. So I've really enjoyed this series, Who is God? And before I go, I wanted to just do a quick summary of what we've learned. Because like you, I've learned so much more about who God is. I have had my faith deepened, and I found it incredibly helpful. So here are some final thoughts. First, God's attributes place him above any other. And it's clear that the attributes we studied paint the picture of a majestic and awesome God. The fact that He is eternal, the fact that He is everywhere, the fact that He is all-knowing and self-sufficient and absolutely sovereign means that He is the preeminent being in the entire universe. And amazingly, if you are a follower of Christ, He lives within you through the power of the Holy Spirit and you can trust Him working on your behalf. Secondly, God's attributes prove that He loves you. And that's a big deal because there's not a lot of love to be had in our world. He is merciful. And that means that He's placed His hands of blessing on you. That means He's not going to let go of you. And regardless of whether there's a pandemic, regardless of whether there's racial unrest, that won't change Him. And the fact remains that he loves you, and he will always love you. And so when you fall asleep tonight, you can know that you are loved by an amazing God. And then finally, you never need to doubt that truth, and God's attributes prove that he will never forsake you. God is unchangeable, and he is faithful, and that means that he won't forsake you. And, and the reason you can trust that statement is because he can't forsake you. It's not in his character. So when you became his child, you signed up for an eternity with him. And literally speaking, Christ cannot enter heaven without you. 
So you're never going to be alone. He's always going to be with you. And your Redeemer is working on your behalf right now. He will not stop because He lives. And He came for this. He came to rescue you. Israel is an example. They'd been redeemed. They, they came out of Babylonian captivity. And that very same God that led them out is still redeeming. And while the world suffers and groans because of its sin, God is still at work. God is making things right. So be encouraged. Your Redeemer never sleeps. Your Redeemer lives. Let me pray. God, thank you that you are Redeemer and that we can put our hope and trust in you and that we are never alone. And I pray right now for those who are walking a difficult road. I pray for those that are feeling crushed by life, that are discouraged, that are struggling to make sense of a pandemic. I pray, God, that you would remind them that you are with them, that you are the Redeemer. And as children of God, you are always close by. And I pray for those that have not yet made a decision to trust you for salvation, that you would speak to their hearts right now that all it takes is simple belief, repentance, and the desire to be right with you, crying out for you, and they can have eternal life. So God, would you please make that possible right now in this moment? We thank you for who you are. We thank you that we can study you endlessly and we'll never learn everything about you, but what we do know and what you have revealed to us helps us to trust you and look forward to living with you for all of eternity. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.